Alice. Fancy uh, seeing you here. You walked in at a good time. We got Vera and Jacob from Vera Bloom. And Taylor from Orbit Orchid, you remember him. He's going to be co-hosting tonight. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. It is a good night for making bad decisions. And you guys have made an awful decision by coming on this podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, you guys have a show tomorrow at the basement, uh, OG basement. Who are you guys playing with? Uh, we're playing with Violet Moons and Blackpool Mecca. Hell yeah. Uh, Violet Moons is dope. Yeah, they're cool. Is it like a full band thing? I think they're doing full okay. band, yeah. Right on. Did did you guys release a video recently? Did I make that up? Uh, yeah. Um, put out a new single called Boxes, and I did like a pretty DIY music video to that. Song. Nice. Is that going an, on an upcoming one, or is an EP or something? Boxes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have an upcoming EP that is going to host all of the singles that I've put out, but never found a home. And then two new singles that have not been released yet. Nice. So it's going to be like kind of like a string of singles. You guys have been around for a while, right? Like, how long have you been operating as Vera Bloom? Um, it was actually right before the pandemic hit. And then that was kind of it. And then finally, when lockdowns ended and everything and venues became more active, then that's when we really started playing shows. Right on. Yeah, that was uh, kind of a time for writing, not playing for a lot of... Yeah, and I was uh, releasing my first EP during that time, so it was, yeah, a lot of just, here's music to listen to, but come see a show. <laughs> I don't know when. <laughs> you know? Did that start with you, and then you kind of um, got a band after that? Yeah, I had, um, well, aside from... Yes, essentially. I have, it's a whole new cast now, basically, um, which I, I am very, very happy with and very grateful for. When did you come into the party? Uh, it was, I guess it was 2021. <laughs> when, when things were, yeah. when, yeah, when we started, when shows started happening again. So, yeah, 21 after the first COVID experience was through and then their show started happening again. So I started um, playing playing in the band, replaced a, a, another guitar player named Jacob, apparently. So. Yeah, he's Jacob. <laughs> I don't like to call it 2.0 because you're, like, much better. <laughs> don't need to throw shade or anything. Do you guys just know <laughs> each other through the scene? Um, well, actually, it was through... Uh, bartending yeah we, oh yeah we were together um at a place called never never over in wedgwood houston area okay um some friends of mine opened it so so yeah i live uh, a stone's throw distance from there i love that bar oh uh, the, yeah the wedgwood houston area as yep. alice uh some of if you're of older memory they're talking about the chestnut hill yes location. and what i have now deemed the border of New Nashville and Music City, because yes, I moved Music City to South Nashville. Okay. Oh. Wait, yeah, okay. Neve's divvying up Nashville. It's you got Music <laughs> City or Music Shitty, depending on, and then uh, New Nashville. New Nashville. New, and then Least Nashville. And then what Le Nashville? Least Le 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 side. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is this fucking mean? 
<laughs> well, it's it's least. Yeah. Everything here is least. <laughs> it's least Nashville. Yeah. So yeah. Do you guys still work at Never Never? No, we're no. ex employees, mm. but gotcha. Always together. Did you ever come across uh, a man named Kenny who brings his dog to the Never Never? There's a few dog mm. customers. Probably remember better the dog than the probably so. Yeah. <laughs> his name is Dog. The the oh. dog I'm I'm getting to. Oh but. hell yeah! What does what does Dog look like? A uh, big brown. I guess has fur. Yeah. Teeth. Four legs. <laughs> Does he Doesn't bark though. Oh, that's good. There is a dog that is fitting that description, and I believe will take a beer from the bartender and deliver it. That's to, dog. Yeah, that's dog. Yeah. Wow. Okay. yeah. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. It's like the Cheers bar, except way cooler. This is the hangout. Yeah. This yeah. dog too will just like go up to strangers and slump over and just be like, "This is my spot for right now, <laughs> for the next twenty minutes." Yeah. Um, like do, you, that. do you guys have a favorite superhero? It's off the top of your head. I mean, that's kind of actually a thinking one. It's not a <laughs> top of the head thing. <laughs> do you? Um, I was just thinking about this. I'm not, I haven't. I mean, I think Catwoman, is she a superhero? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, Catwoman's pretty badass. Yeah. She's considered to be a, a villain now. I know, well, that's what I was thinking. I was, I, but I like that about her. But that's the thing. I guess in the DC world, they kind of <laughs> float in and out. Yeah. I think she's an anti-hero. She's not really a yeah. villain. Well, it's actually, she's not even, she's actually just a cat burglar. Is really <laughs> the bottom line. Is she's just a cat burglar <laughs> yeah. that, that Batman has a hots for. That's why she's not thrown in the clink like the rest of right. them. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, she was my choice. <laughs> <laughs> good, good choice. Like, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Wait a minute. You look pretty good in that cat suit. You're not going to jail. Did you see the the Batman with um, Zoe Kravitz and... The Batman? The Batman, mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, what? That was the, the recent, most recent one. Is it? Has it not been The Batman before? I don't think so. I don't think so. What? It's always Batman, comma, something or whatever. Batman oh. does something. Yeah, I watched like it. Like Returns or... I thought the... Rises. Like, Whatever. <laughs> I thought there were some really beautiful cinematic moments. Yeah, I liked it too. I um, I got friends that like really hated it, and then friends that like really liked it. And mm. It's like kind of one of those movies. I feel like like it's not really a superhero movie in the way like maybe some people were expecting. Yeah. But I thought it was really good. I liked the Joker a lot too. I think it'd be cool if they did something like that. They mm. probably won't though. You don't think so? I don't think so because um, at the end of the batman <laughs> they um they showed i think what was supposed to be joker for like yeah. half a second yeah and it wasn't joaquin phoenix unfortunately oh i see trying to draw yeah, yeah. I, I heard it was the kid from um the kid from um dunkirk huh it was also in the banshee of industry and i don't, can't think of his the actor's name right now because it's an it's like a gaelic name or Irish name. Irish I'm showing my American ignorance right now. <laughs> Neve can probably look it up. Oh. The uh, who plays Joker in the Batman? The Batman. The Batman. Yeah. Like at the very end. I'll ask yeah. You, yeah. You, if you've seen, have you seen the movie Dunkirk? Mm-mm. Okay. Have you seen the the new movie Banshees of Inisherin? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I need to get out more. <laughs> well, Dunkirk was a while ago. It's like a um, like a World War. Two era kind of. Oh moment. wait, did I see that? Uh, maybe. I could be Actually, wildly off, but I think he might be. Yeah, he maybe. has a really particular look. 
The, um, the actor? Yeah. Yeah. I am super fucking excited for the Barbie movie. Like, I haven't been this excited. Like, legitimately, I'm really excited about the Barbie movie. It looks fucking hilarious. Eh. It, it might not be. Like, it might be awful. But I, I, I'm excited about it. The <laughs> casting yeah, is perfect. Yeah, it's, I agree with you. Yeah, it's a scary oh. pretense. At, 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 like, what, what could this possibly be about? So yeah. If, if it goes way out of the middle like the middle lane if it goes somewhere really weird it could get really dark i could see that but i don't i don't think it would that would be fucking awesome but like yeah if it was just like turned into this like kind of yeah really like dark (laughs) like everyone has mental issues it's like a reflection on like society now like we're all like plugged in you know and it's just it's actually just uh, another Harley Quinn movie. They just tricked everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> According to the Google gods, the Batman actor Barry Keoghan. Yeah, he's the Barry. He's Barry. Yeah, it sounds right. Shares Riddler audition tape that landed hmm. him oh, yeah. Joker role. Oh, yeah. Right. Hmm. That's cool. I did not catch that movie, but I heard it had a great soundtrack with, like, a Nirvana, like, mm-hmm. something yeah. in the way. Yeah. Which uh, I'm quite partial to. Um, what I guess is there anything in like hearing a Nirvana or bands like that? Do you guys draw any influence from from bands in that era? Yeah, definitely. Um, and also Seattle bands. Like I am from a little outside of Seattle. I can't say mm-hmm. I'm from Seattle, but just having grown up in that area, I kind of. It's hard to explain, but I, like, kind of think there's some sort of melancholy about being mm. from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> just, it's all the rain. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's it, you can't explain it, and it's just, like, a, it's just in you. And so I, I really, like, think, like, Nirvana and, you know, Soundgarden, mm. Pearl Jam, and they, they all have, like, this kind of, like, melancholic sort of energy even though it's you know like it's rock and it's great and everything but i just i really vibe with that um but that being said that was kind of something i i hear in them and feel with those kind of bands from that area yeah no very much like now that you mention it it has a sound like um like a specific niche Mm -hmm. like um is is mudvane seattle mud honey mud honey that's what i meant yeah yeah uh, ed- edit that out. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm going to edit in these. What is, wait. I'm going to edit in a segment right here where I go off about your lack of knowledge for these bands. What, Mud- <laughs> Mudvayne is a band. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not, not on. But it has nothing to do with yeah. Mudhoney. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they share mud. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah, they, yeah, they have yeah. something in common. They have mud mm-hmm. in common. Mudhoney was formed by the Melvins original bass player. Oh, okay. And the Melvins were they, they like they were like a Cobain like passion or like project. I don't know um, if it's passion project. I know he like, loved them at least. Oh, um, yeah. Kurt them. Cobain was a roadie for Melvins. Mm. He painted them. Oh, band. okay. He pretty much wanted to be them for many, many years and even to this day I describe Nirvana as you take one part Melvins, one part Mudhoney. And put a dash of Jesus Lizard. Hmm. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Buzzo from Melvin's is the one who knew Dave Grohl and called him to say, hey, my buddy Kirk needs a drummer for his band. Oh, cool. So Grohl actually has Buzz to thank for yeah. that. Actually, a lot of those, that scene has Melvin's to thank. Okay. So. Cool. I saw a, uh, it was like a clip from SNL where it was like Nirvana and Charles Barkley doing uh. an infomercial. <laughs> And it wasn't a skit, like it was like an actual commercial. Yeah. And it's oh, just, really? Yeah, it's hilarious because he's like, uh, Charles Barkley's doing like a really serious like, blah 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 blah, and uh, they're just all like looking at like Dave Grohl and Kurt just looking at the camera like like, like super wide eyed, just like making stupid faces <laughs> and like. Uh, I think that's actually like a promo for uh, like an SNL. Appear like I think they appear. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, a commercial. They got right. outtakes from it. I've seen it because they're like, "Can we? we y'all want to do that again?" And it's uh, one of the outtakes because on live shows like that, you'll see. You know, the, that's what the audience actually gets to see mm-hmm. is them coming out doing take after take after take and all the bloopers and all that. You know. Oh. Uh, yeah, they do like station identification when they come out. They're like, "Coming up, blah blah blah." You know, and they're like, oh, "Let's run that again." You know, coming up, blah. You know. And yeah. That's why the applause sign comes up. Mm. It's to tell everybody, you know. Now the applause sign goes off to keep you from uh, clapping at a joke you're not supposed to like. Oh, <laughs> gotcha, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, go ahead. We got something. Um, was you, did your introduction into the band affect, like, did you bring your own influence with it? Or do you guys share a lot of influences? Obviously, I don't know how your, your songwriting works, but... With a new guitar player comes a whole new bag of tricks. Did yeah. that change the sound at all? Is I no. guess what I'm asking. Absolutely. Um, you want you can say talk. <laughs> I speak through my music. <laughs> uh, I, I let my playing speak player. for me. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think the what changed was, um, I think the goal for for bringing me on was so that I could handle more of the um, more of the parts so that she could focus on singing and being uh, a state on stage and being a performer mm. so there are a few songs several songs at this point where she doesn't even play guitar um, so that she can be the the, the you know the be Vera Bloom on stage the uh, front the front yeah, yeah. Uh, which is harder to do when you are you know mm. when you have a guitar on not, yeah. not to say yeah I usually let well, because you are an incredible guitar player, so I love when I can play rhythm guitar so you can do like all these awesome lead parts and solos. I love a good guitar solo. So, but on the punk songs where there's not going to be a lot of like guitar solos and stuff, mm-hmm. then I'm like, I'm free! And then yep. I can like run around, you know, and do all these like antics and whatnot. As a viewer, I like uh, a crowd member, I guess. I always do like when the lead singer sometimes has the guitar sometimes doesn't i feel mm-hmm. like it's a nice change of uh just like visual for visual enjoyment's sake it changes up what's going on and it makes it fun to watch yeah um, you guys are really solid you like practice often i know you guys had rehearsal before you came here um thank you uh we actually don't practice as much as you th- mm. might think that we do we're um just everyone's just good. Mm. <laughs> uh, like, I'm not trying to like brag or anything, but it's, 
to like go back to kind of your question, um, I can my songwriting has def is definitely influenced at, just by knowing that I could envision anything, and I know that. No, it's true. I'm like. There's a, this is the like part for the guitar solo and I like you know then I give it to you and you I'm not you know I can't write stuff I trust you guys and you definitely like add I basically consider all of you producers for the songs because you add your own parts I mean I can sit here and be like no I don't like that we got, no, we I got don't that like on tape right <laughs> I can use this uh, in the court later on no but you yeah. know what I mean it's like I can't tell you what I want from you, but I can just say, like, no, I don't really like that. Like, I kind of speak in, like, energy. Like, it's like, here's the song. We learn the song. But then I'm like... Like, you got the vision of what it should be, and then, like, they, they're able like to actualize energy, it. Just, like, energy, but I can't, yeah. I can't, like, I don't, I'm not a drummer. Like, I'm like, Brian, you know what you I, need to do. I totally, this is not about my band, but in our band, there's a lot of, like, ad-libbing, like, the ba ba da ba part, like, <laughs> uh do a Weezer bend there, stuff like oh, that. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not how it goes for you, but maybe the the language isn't as theoretical. It's more like feel based. Is what I'm getting. For me, it's very feel based. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I have a list kind of of like what I, uh, what I, this is what I don't like. So, but mm. everyone's pretty good at not. I mean, we're all kind of on the same page as far as vibe. I don't mm. know. Yeah, it, you can find out pretty quickly when you are playing with someone new. If you you know if you haven't met them before or you barely know them, and you start playing with them in a, in rehearsal space, and then their influences come out, and and you can tell pretty quickly if if you're going to be on the same page or not. Mm. As far as like uh, you know, if the drummer wants to do like double bass fills the entire song. It's not really going to serve um, like a melodic song like like yeah. Vera Bloom would write. Um, so the feel kind of just c came from uh, the people involved kind of liking the mm -hmm. same stuff, or at least liking a lot of the same stuff. And we also, and I also wanted to say, we did, we did practice a lot in the earlier days. We had more time because COVID was mm. what COVID was. There, was a lot, there wasn't a lot going on. Things have gotten a little bit busier, so our re rehearsal schedule is a little bit more erratic. But yeah, we kind of rehearse when we know that there's something coming up. Yeah, it didn't. We didn't roll out of bed tight. And trust me, it, it takes <laughs> takes it still takes a lot of work for us. Well, we played a lot of shows last year too. Yeah. Um, what kind of music was like in the house growing up, like your parents? <laughs> for me, like my, they didn't even play music. <laughs> it was a silent house. Even in the car. Yeah. Huh. When my dad, like, my dad doesn't listen to music while driving because he's like, you have to be able to hear. <laughs> like, you know, like, hear if awesome. there's something going wrong, like, wrong with the car, or, like, or your surroundings. He, there's no music. That's not, epic. He's not wrong. He's not yeah, wrong. It's, it's yeah. hard to argue that fact, but he's, it's also pretty boring. Well, but, <laughs> but, you know, when I, like, had my license, finally, I was like, you know, like, blasting the music on my own, and then, like, right before you come home, like, you turn it, like, down and off, like, when you pull into the driveway. But um, but my parents, I stole all their records, so I know what they listened to in their youth. Mm. <laughs> and so that I absorbed a lot of that, which is really just, like, old folk writers, like, t 
uh, James Taylor and um, Jackson Brown and but my they, my dad also loves he's a guitar player and so he loves like classic rock like Pink Floyd and Eric Clapton and Steve Ray Vaughan and blah blah yeah. blah so I I definitely grew up with electric guitar always going on in my life so. I think that maybe that's why I love electric guitar so much. I don't know. Pink Floyd's one of my favorite bands, so maybe that's why. Were you passionate about music from like a young age? Yeah, I started writing songs when I was 14. Yeah? Yeah. It's so. a more of like a necessity than like something you have to do. Yeah, it's, at this point it's, I tried not, I tried not to do it. Like I tried not to be a musician mm. and I was like, I quit, I quit music. <laughs> And then I just, life got so shitty not doing it that I just picked up a guitar and wrote a song again. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. Yeah. What, what kind of music was in the house when you were growing up? Um, I grew up in a very, very strict religious uh, environment. Um, so it was only whatever was uh, something you could purchase at the Christian bookstore. Ah. Um, the, not to say that I didn't desperately try and get a hold of whatever I could from friends with less strict rules. And thankfully... Uh, MTV was like I was born in 1980 so if you can do the math on that like MTV was just being kind of prolific in its own sense and somehow we had cable at the time and I could my parents didn't realize that MTV was just music all the time so that was kind of my education outside of that outside yeah. of, you know uh, Christian music but uh, the one cool. it was uh, <laughs> Emphasis on was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like actually music videos all the time. Yeah. Not like um, cool. what? What's what's an example of a reality? Six. This is not the actual name of one, but like sixteen and pregnant. I feel like <laughs> is that is that actually a show that might be? Yeah, Teen is. teenage mom. I'll let yeah. you know if we get a cease and desist from them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, we can. We this can hasn't even aired yet, it. and it's yeah, uh, yeah. they send a carrier yeah. pigeon. But I think because of your restrictions, you really dove into listening to music and finding your own love uh, for it. Yeah, the only the only thing that was a workaround was that my dad was really into guitar music as well. He was he was a guitar player, but not not really didn't really get past like the main four cowboy chords really. Yeah, but always encouraged me to play. And but he like shredders, right? Yeah. yeah, there was that era of of Eric Johnson and Steve Vai and. Um, not so much him, but like uh, Joe Satriani. <laughs> those like Just Satriani, yeah. those monster guitar players that were coming out of like that. everybody who wanted to be Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, Eddie, there's Eddie, and then it kind of, kind of, then there was a bunch of people that are all really great. Everybody that could play as fast or faster than Eddie without the feel. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what denomination growing up? Um, it was considered non-denominational. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my mom was a Methodist and my dad was a Catholic growing up, so I think they, whatever that version of Christianity that didn't uh, adhe adhere to anything, but ended up being kind of sort of its own little... Methodist is kind of like Catholic light. Yeah. That's interesting. Catholic yeah, light? Yeah, Catholic light. Yeah, Diet yeah Catholic, I mean, they had, a, they had a whole era of, of being, and of not being churchy at all. Um, and then... When they started having kids, they started sort of realizing that they had to be really know, responsible. Yeah, yeah, uh, big time hippies. I was born in a log cabin, so literally like a cabin made out of logs hell yeah. in the woods. So they were very much hippies, and then the Jesus thing, Jesus movement happened in the eighties, and they they got kind of 
swept up in that, and that was that was my entire my entire childhood. It's, when, so. it's like when Stephen Stills and Dave Crosby and everybody started going Christian. Ah. When the money started running out, <laughs> like, we got to come out with some stuff, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry if you said, but is this also Seattle or? Uh, I was just about to ask that. Yeah, actually, I grew up in um, Corvallis, Oregon. So, um, obviously, Portland, Oregon being the big the big city in Oregon, Corvallis just being a college town there. Mm. Um, but north, still considered the Northwest. So, yeah. same weather patterns, same mm. moody moody nature. Sure. Coastline on the moody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you guys find one another before moving to Nashville, or no? Yeah. Well, we met it. Uh, oh, met, yeah, yeah. She good job. Kind of on the same timeline. Yeah, I was working there and I was acting as a manager because mm-hmm. there wasn't one. Did music bring you guys here? Yeah, yeah. E- Separately, obviously. Say, yeah. Um, I mean, I came here because of music, but I actually came here because I was escaping a different life. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> start fresh. Start new. Yeah. What are you listening to like in the last like week? Listening to. Mm. Well, I am been listening to a ton of Foo Fighters because I am becoming a front woman for an all femme Foo Fighters tribute band. <laughs> uh, fingernails are pretty. Uh, That's fucking awesome. Yeah, we're we're. I'm the front woman for like touring outside of Nashville. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I have uh, twenty songs to learn. Oh shit! Yeah. That's twenty four. I already know four, okay. so twenty. But that that's very exciting. Is there any um, shows coming up? Our first out of town show is in Chattanooga. I think it's July twenty eighth. Right. So, on. but in town, um, we're keeping it like sh- Angie. She's the brains behind all of it, and she I believe we're keeping it like a featuring local talent, like the whole like rotating vocalist kind of concept in town but then just one vocal like one lead vocalist like on the road that's because it would be impossible to take a million people you know but after this i'm headed to cobra to see flummox they're playing there oh right on yeah Yeah. allie's i love fucking best yeah she's awesome um what was i gonna say and max i've yeah you know but like allie is in fingernails are pretty so yeah yeah um flummox is fucking awesome yeah, um, about us. What I was gonna say. Oh yeah, what have you been listening to? Uh, kind of all over the place, to be honest. So, um, I would have to, like I would have to like literally mm. look at my like my yeah. search. On, it's a big on question. Apple Music. Yeah. You listen to a lot of obscure stuff. Well, yeah, I. I I'm, I enjoy rec- I enjoy like the I enjoy recording music as well. Um, I like the the technical side, so I I will listen to something for it's like okay, the 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 technical quality of it or the the vibe of it. Um, I was listening to I just for vibe like I was listening to uh, Beck's album Sea Change. Are familiar with that at all? Yeah, it's an old uh, one, right? Came out came out early 2000s I think and it's a very sad acoustic record that Nigel Godrich um, produced and it has is that the one with Lost Cause on it? yep yeah that's a yeah. good record yes. I love Beck 
sonically it's like uh it's kind of kind of a footprint um yeah so honestly if i you ask me like what music i'm listening to it's like whatever i've been working on in the studio plus like like youtube videos about how some producer got their drum sound or something crazy something lame like that (laughs) um but uh um, yeah, that's not very good, not a very good answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the true answer. It's the closest to the truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, hard segue. Do you guys have any ghost stories? Ghost. All right. Let me clarify. Like, um, anything you can't explain with logic. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you, sound, you sound like you do. Oh, I actually do, but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess she would be fine with me talking about it. You can leave names out. Okay, that's true, but if she ever watches this, she's going to know. It's exactly, like, her story. But, um, well, two things, actually. My mother, when her sister died in a car crash, unfortunately, her watch stopped, like, at that time. And so that was crazy. And then my... One of my best friends, her mother died from breast cancer and like during the, or they had like a life ceremony or celebration thing for her life, not a funeral, you know, like a life celebration. And then that night, the, there was a picture that um, the husband put up on the mantle of her. And then that night, that picture fell down, hit a vase the vase fell down, crashes on the floor, and inside is this note that she had writ- like wrote a long time ago. Wow. And it was like a, a note like, bless this house, thank you, and no one knew it was in there. And then they found it that. Holy it was, I, shit. That gives me goosebumps. I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, and it only, it only, they only discovered it because of the photo that was put right above it that fell. I mean... It's just the timing and I mean, who knows? Like, yeah, you didn't do a good job hanging the photo, but like, (laughs) but still, you know, it's pretty, pretty wild. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah. Anything coming to mind? I mean, yeah, I, again, being raised in the church, it was a very like, uh, spirituality was a very big part of it. And like, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So I feel you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I was also homeschooled. So I was like. Very fucking sheltered till I was like eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a couple of years of being homeschooled, which were, they were fine. It's like fifth and sixth grade, and then I went to the school that was in the church, so I was yeah. sheltered within like a very like two hundred person. Cannot leave the community. Yeah, but it's not about that. It's, it's basically the the idea has always been like that that like angels and demons always have mm-hmm. existed and they're always just beyond our sight or whatever. Yeah. And they're at war, and they're you know fighting for our souls and all this stuff. And that was that was taught as like de facto. That's the truth. So I've always, uh, I there's never like a, I never needed convincing because I was raised that way. Right. And so interesting. My version of it after living after living in the church environment is that it's maybe a little different, but but it sort of it's like in a pragmatic way of like that's very very much a possibility oh yeah i'm i'm with you on that yeah. I, I don't think they've got it exactly right but i also don't think like the bible's supposed to be taken exactly literally so mm. it's like if you think the earth is five thousand years old you're not <laughs> you're not understanding what's being told to you in the story mm-hmm. and that's 
Like, people have only thought that for, like, 500 years. Like, ancient Jews didn't think the world was 5,000 years old. No. It's, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you an, angels and demons. Yeah, there's, a, there's an incident that the first thing I thought of was uh, my younger brother, um, he had really bad, like, he had asthma really bad, and he was in the hospital a few times because of really bad asthma attacks. And um, one ex- unexplainable event was... Um, there's this uh, evangel- televangelist named Benny Hinn. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. Long time since I've heard that name. Yeah, <laughs> and he had this. He has. He wasn't. He has a, an accent. I'm not sure where he was from originally, but he had this big shock of white hair, and there's a lot of like you know like people falling over, being slain in the spirit, as they call back it. Back in the back in the day when you saw it on TV on the odd channels, like yeah. with Jimmy Stewart. And yeah. Your swagger and uh, yeah, all them. Yeah, Benny Hill. I remember Benny So, but one one day that was it was on the TV and he had a show like a like a a show on some Christian network and he called out like that. There's somebody watching that has asthma and the the what the, the Lord told me there's going to be healed and whatever and then. Well, I'm sure there's a ton of people with asthma watching, but <laughs> of course, yeah. but that was that kind was, of a gimme. That was, yeah. yeah, that was the end of it for for him. Like that was like my mom heard heard that happen, and then, of course, at the time she was very much in belief of of that being a possibility. But but then he didn't then have was, it. Yeah, like it went away. So it's like, how do you explain that? I mean, there's a lot of science that you could, that you could use, yeah. but the immediacy of it. Sure. Uh, it's kind of it's an interesting story to take a kind of like yeah. pragmatic view of it. I think, like, faith itself is really powerful. Mm-hmm. It's like, a placebo effect. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, I, it doesn't really matter what you believe in as long as you believe in something. Even yeah. if it's just you. It's like, yeah, that the shit's powerful. I think um, there's a grain of truth in all religions. Like, they've all kind of got it figured out a little bit. Mm-hmm. When it um, comes to healing... People don't realize that no drug cures anything. The mind. Your your brain releases chemicals to cure things. Wow. They've discovered the, and I don't know the name of it, but there's a hormone that releases during bravery. Mm. And that chemical is the strongest fighter, the strongest anti-carcinogen known to man. Wow. And it destroys cancer. And it, your body, your brain emits it when you have to exude bravery. Damn. Nothing cures us except ourselves. So if you're in like fight or flight situations all the time, you like uh, cure cancer. <laughs> yeah, or the stress could kill you. Either. Yeah, yeah, true. That's what they talk about. Yeah. You know, like stress. Over. Stress is the word is the biggest killer on the planet. Stress. Mm. Yeah. Stress is so toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it affects you physically in a major way. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know, sorry, I know one last crazy story. Yeah, go ahead. Having to do with stress and how it... Because, you know, like, holding up negative energy, the form of stress. There is... Uh, I have another friend whose aunt... So her cousin died in the army, like, I don't know where, in Iraq or something. But anyway, died. And the aunt didn't grieve at all and she she like refused to be sad about it refused to grieve blah 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 and then out of nowhere is diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and my friend is getting her hair done 
or, or something and was telling this story to the hairdresser and the hairdresser is very spiritual and she was like wow that is so crazy do you know where we store grief in the lungs and so it's just like she just held on to all of this and did not let the energy out and she didn't grieve at all and she just didn't heal and so boom like stage four lung cancer that's wild <laughs> yeah i mean oh. i don't know do you um no one really knows like some people act like they know but no one knows the answer but do you guys have any inclinations about like what happens after <laughs> we die um i don't know the answer to that well no one does but like I do believe in energy and like recycling of the energy. Like I don't, mm. I don't know if anything ever like is new or old or like goes sure. away or whatever. But physically, I think we just decompose. Definitely. I mean, of course we do. Yeah. But like, I feel like the life source so- turns into some kind of energy. Maybe if I'm understanding, it's kind of like. Um... Not that, like, you continue as yourself, but the energy that makes you up is just kind of, like, dispersed. Is that... Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, like, I I don't believe in heaven or hell, like, a physical place. I don't know where that would exist, but um, I do... I don't know. I guess I haven't really thought too hard about, like, the psyche and... If that gets, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it, life is fucking weird and yeah. we're all just like <laughs> stumbling around scared and confused. Yeah. Um, like what is the purpose? Is yeah. there meaning? That was my next question. <laughs> yeah. I think I, uh, we have to create our own meaning to cope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Life is what you make it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a gift. It's a curse. It's a wild ride. Yeah. I think you're both lucky and cursed if you if you feel like you have a calling because mm. Mm. you're lucky if you know that because it can be your purpose but you're also cursed because you might never be able to fulfill that to you know like you you might never succeed in fulfill like it, I guess you just have to define what your definition of success is. Yeah. But that's true. Sometimes I just, I'm like, ugh, I wish I just didn't have a dream, <laughs> you know? Like, so, sometimes I'm like, it would just be so much easier to wake up, go to work, get paid, spend money, and then, like, not have this passion, this, like, dream where it's, like, a struggle, mm-hmm. you know? But I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have it the other way. Like, I'm very grateful yeah. that I know what I need to do, at least. I know what you mean. It's like, it's, it's a lot more fulfilling than just doing human shit. But with that comes a lot of suffering. Comes a lot of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, not really something like you brought up earlier, like you tried to get away from music and it's like not an option. Yeah. And like, I feel that I'm not a musician, but, um, I write poetry and novels. Mm -hmm. I'm working on a fantasy novel right now. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I don't really have a choice in that. It's like yeah. I'm being pulled along. Yeah. Um, what do you think happens after we die? Uh, I'm, 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 a, I'm open to the possibility of anything. I mean... Does anything conf- seem more, more likely than anything else? 
I, I think I like the idea of the concept of recycling in, in the sense of maybe what some people call reincarnation or um, of, of energy itself not ever being, if energy is just moves and moves places and it doesn't ever disappear, energy doesn't stop being energy, then if you apply that to what we think of ourselves, probably our ego will die, probably our bodies will definitely go. Um, but the consciousness part of it, I'm not sure, obviously. I, I mean, maybe that's the ego talking, saying, mm. well, at least my consciousness will be passed on to, if I'm a good person, a, a, you know, maybe I'll live a life as a rabbit that doesn't get eaten by a eagle or some, some crazy shit like that. But It's just so weird. Like, it's weird. It's weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It is well, weird. Well, it's yeah, just so weird, weird because, I mean, I haven't been around a lot of death, but, like, my cat died. And it's so weird seeing the same body, mm. but there's no life in it anymore. And it's yeah. like, so then it's like, what is life? Right. That Because that, it wasn't just like, you turn it on and you turn it off, you know? It was like, he had a personality, like, it, it was like a whole thing. And it's just, I mean, it it's, I don't know. It's fucking weird. <laughs> It is. It, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I want, I want to believe in like that. That like, what I am is like just piloting this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not like uh, that. Like intrinsically tied to it. Um, and like, I've had some like crazy DMT trips that kind of like confirmation bias make me think that more. But like. At the end of the day, we don't know. And, like, um, I think, like, the humility in that's really important. Where it's, like, we really don't know fucking shit. No, we don't. But it is amazing how powerful the brain is. Like, I don't I don't know why, but, like, even today, I'm, like, getting a little, like, detached, panicky. And I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack or whatever, but it's, like... <laughs> It's just a night. It's a reminder that like you're lucky when you're in control, and mm. then when you're like out of control, you're like, "Holy shit!" You know, like I you, like lost. Like you look at your arms, but they're not your arms anymore. And it's you know, it's like a very detached. Like mm. you are detached from yourself, and so it. Yeah, it's like. We are, this is, our body is just a vessel. Yeah. You know? That's what makes like, sense to me, too. Like, I find it really interesting how each extreme, meaning you're you're psyched out, you're having a, a depressive episode, and the other end would be you're having a great day, your, your mental health is really good at the moment, you're feeling stronger than ever. Each state of mind really betrays the other one. When you're doing great, you feel on top of the world like you can conquer everything. Mm -hmm. When you're feeling bad, you're like, I'm not worth shit. I can't yeah. do anything. Um, yeah. And I agree that it's weird that uh, we go back and forth, but we never learn that, like, maybe the middle is uh, yeah. where we should be focused. Yeah, balance. It is crazy, too, because it could, like, it can flip on a dime. Like, you can be in a great mood and then be in a fucking shitty Get mood just instantly. Get a bad text or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
sort of jumping back, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with Neil deGrasse Tyson? As much as, uh, you know, his He plays a scientist stuff. on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He wrestled in uh, college, apparently. I like him. I'm going on record. Fuck y'all. That's um, fucking great. I saw a TikTok clip earlier about how he, literally earlier today, and your guys' conversation just touched on it, about how when he dies, he wants to be buried and not cremated. Because I guess, um, I don't really know how to confirm this, but when you're burned, your energy just kind of dissipates into the atmosphere. (laughs) And it's not uh, as usable by the Earth. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're buried, all the energy that was used to make your body and whatever was left over when it was still running gets to decompose and support the stuff around it. Yeah, you gotta have those like mushroom suits. Well, I mean, in other words, uh, you get more nutrients from decomposing things than you do ash. Yeah. Yeah. I like those uh, mycelium uh, caskets that I've I've seen a few times on the internet. That shit's dope. It's such an uncomfortable concept. You're just like imagining like bodies in the forest just like lying there you know like <laughs> well, i mean I, it's i would mind being i would prefer to probably be again doesn't because i will be dead it won't matter but my ego says i don't want to be torn apart by like uh, vultures necessarily but oh, like, yeah, the idea of being put in a hole and then having the earth as- assume my minerals and nutrients and uh, what the worms fats the all worms. that things I, yeah let let the grubs yeah. Yeah. The worms and the grubs eat you, then the birds eat them. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's weird that, like, um, I like those mycelium things, too. That's cool. But, like, um, it's weird that, like, like, we put people in boxes in the ground. Yeah. And it's, like, just to, like, keep it from getting to you. And it's, like, that's kind of redundant. Kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. It's kind of a waste of resources. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again... It's but a waste. Yeah, it's it's a it's an. I feel like that's an ego thing. It's it's a it, way, it's a way for the undertaker totally. to make money. Yeah, the industry yeah. itself is. It is an industry. Insane. Death industry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hell, wedding rings are really new. Engagement rings are really new. That was not something that was always done. That was. Yeah. I mean, it's cool rings. if you like jewelry, but fellowship yeah, rings. Like, <laughs> fellowship yeah. rings. <laughs> Fellowship of the ring. It's just a fo- like a <laughs> form of started. control. <laughs> even even our holidays that were brought to us by Hallmark. Oh, yeah. you know, we gotta sell more it's a way to make money. Yeah. I won't. Yeah, yeah I, I don't acknowledge February 14th as a real day of the year for many reasons. Well, because bad stuff happens to you around that day. But I don't I don't acknowledge today as a holiday, even though a bunch of Star Wars. Hey, May the 4th be with you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you mean last week. Yeah, 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 last week. Because uh, today, today is, is the 11th. Right, yeah. exactly. Oh. <laughs> nice. Good call. <laughs> um, I think you should ha- have him in this chair so he's holding it together. <laughs> I'm a good listener sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you guys think art comes from? Because like we were talking about how it's it's like mandatory for an artist to do that. It's not really optional. Like for me, inspiration. I um I have a hard time like forcing the muse to come like. If I sit down to write, that's going to be not as productive as if it just like sparks and it, like comes to me. You should mm-hmm. never try to force the muse. <laughs> but like, what do you guys think? 
that is? Does it start with you? Do you think it comes from no, something? It definitely does not start with. Is like a like a radio antenna just picking up on stuff? I think it depends on your style. Mm. I don't know where the passion or the desire comes from or the need. I would say that it varies person to person. Um, I don't want to interrupt you. But I like <laughs> our we are very different creatives. Mm. And there's like speaking from songwriting, like everyone creates differently. Like you're a writer, I'm a songwriter. And I, the, I think even in songwriting, there are many different ways to approach that outlet. And for me, I write, I always say it this way, I write from the inside out. Like, I only write about my feelings and I only write about my experiences. I don't storytell. Like, I just can't do it. I don't have the imagination for that. And so for me, it's just an outlet for like my feelings and my emotions and what I'm going through. And so when I am manic, like swinging from good and bad and like, you know, my, it's the unstableness within me that leads to my songwriting. And sure, I am afraid of being in the middle because I'm afraid of, you know, like having to force it out, you know, if like I am ever like, at peace, finally, you know, because it's like when I'm pissed off, I can write a really yeah. great like punk song, you know, and when I'm like sad, I can the beautiful melodies come out of me yeah. and like gold lyrics and shit. So it's like, it's, if it's I can tough. I wanted to, for the record, defend myself. I didn't mean that. I, no one's trying to offend you. Well, no, <laughs> no, I'm. Huh? You said defend yourself, so I didn't. I you took offense. No, just. The the concept I think that you were maybe touching on, Alex, is that like I don't I don't personally believe that art like being let's say I'm you know I'm I'm an, I'm an artist like that that's a tree that's a camera that's a chair I'm an artist it's not like I came out of the ground an artist I think uh, art I think creativity I think the the things that are vessels for capturing whatever whatever might be beautiful or ugly or make you feel more like a human being, those don't exist. They, they exist out here as well as, I guess, inside of us mm. at the same time. And some people maybe just... I, like, the antenna analogy kind of works for me in that it's hard to be creative if you're not listening. Yeah. Um, where do the ideas come from? Well, I feel like if you're a musician, you, you take everything that you've heard over the course of your entire lifetime, even before you were born, you know, that all gets stored in your brain and in your body somewhere. And then, then when you try and recreate it, then it's like, why does, why does the way that I play uh, a chord sound different than somebody else? It's like, well, there's, you know, physiology involved as well, but the way that I interpret it is through that filter. Um, of my own just very narrow, you know, existence. But if I was just making art from my existence, then it wouldn't mean anything to anyone else but just me. That's yeah. not so. true. That's not true. Sometimes the most specific, like, the more specific you can get, the more people relate to it. Like, lyrically, hmm. anyway. There was, um... I was talking to someone recently that 
was saying that like she wrote something very 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 specific like deliberately about something specific and she was surprised how many people took different interpretations mm -hmm. on it yeah yeah uh, yeah people like that's like ever, i don't know we we feel like we're so alone but that's one of the beautiful things i find in putting music out and not keeping it for myself is i i find community or like mm -hmm. like connections with people who are like the same thing happened to me like or like the, i totally relate to that or blah, blah blah and yeah it might be a different thing it means something different to you but it's nice to find that there we have a ton of similarities as humans like yeah i think this relationship is it seems super valuable because you guys clearly don't agree <laughs> and i think that much like being an artist itself, it's got to make it hard sometimes. But I think from that is going to come ideas that neither one of you would touch on. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but when there's conflict, it probably doesn't feel good. But maybe you can come out on the other side. If it checks both of your boxes, you've, you've maybe gotten somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely, like, conflict or at least uncomfortableness or challenging leads mm. to growth. Yeah. That's also, that's also what people buy. Mm. Yeah, they tell it's you marketable. In screenwriting, um, you write conflict. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to hear us sit and talk about how good the coffee is. They yeah. want us to, they love to watch us scream at each other about who made <laughs> the better coffee. That's a really good point, Neef. There is no story without a conflict. That's um, kind of an essential thing to storytelling, is like what but, is, it's the characters reaching a goal. Yeah. And in order to reach a goal, it's just understood there's going to be conflict. If there's not, then reaching the goal is like picking up your drink. You know, it's like there's really... Yeah. It, the story was very quick and uninteresting. There's, um... I was looking at a writing prompt the other day that's like, um... There's like man versus nature, man versus man man versus self, man versus technology, man versus God, man versus, uh, man versus author. I thought it was an interesting one, <laughs> but there's like always a conflict. Um, and it, I guess it doesn't always look like that, but that's like some, that's good writing well, when and, you can kind well, of like and, mask and it a little bit. When you're in a band and you're writing music together, it's the same as writing. It's a conversation. Hmm. You know, I learned that a lot from jazz where you know, what you're really hearing. That's why people say, well, well, a lot of instrumental stuff has got to be very progressive because it's got to hold your attention well enough. And if you try to put lyrics on it, it ends up just not, it, it's too campy or it's too on the nose or it's too like this because sonically you're being able to talk in words that don't exist. So, you know, the best jazz, you hear conversation going on between the instruments. It's a, it's a, it's a table. You know, it's like Miles said, you know, it's jazz. You learn the song, but when you go to play it, that's life. Mm -hmm. It's happening. I like that. So you gotta, you got to work your way around it. You know, you, you draw the plan. You get a map to go down the street somewhere. That's fine, but there might be road construction. Mm. Improvise. <laughs> so you got to improvise. That reminds me, what was that... Um the Easter music you were showing me that like it's actually actually is a conversation like the notes themselves have they're oh, like syllables the tabla, the tabla. um 
the Talmud on the way it's taught and it, they believe that their God played the drum. And when he discovered this, he gave words to every hit. That's why when you listen to like Shock Tear and then you'll hear him going, tigga tagada, tigga tagada, back and forth to each other. Um, there's only, see, Susie Sue used it and kissed them for me many years mm. ago. And you hear them coming in, yeah. and that's what they're doing. That's tabla players singing with their mouth. And everything they sing represents a strike. Because hand drumming, as many people don't understand, is much more than keeping tempo mm. smacking something. You know, there's so many techniques, so it's just very... It's like its own language. It is its own language. Absolutely its own language. It's wild. To kind of pull it back to what we were talking about earlier, um, I think maybe there's like a compromise to be had, like when it comes to like where it comes from. Because I think, like, I, I like I'll get a, like a a rough idea for something, or maybe just like yeah, just like a rough idea for something, and then like I think the logic, like the part that's me, kind of has to work it out and mm -hmm. like turn it into something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, there's there's the spark. Like, this came from somewhere, and you can only take that so far, and then you have to bring your tools in and shape it into something. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll usually... I think I my formula is, like... I'll get, I'll get the chorus and at least one verse, you know, like, through the channeling whatever energy and then i'll you know solidify that and record it and then then that's the song and then i'll be like okay now it's time to like use my brain and finish the song which is like not as fun but it's it's still kind of a challenge so that's like what I, my style is but the initial part of the song was definitely like speak to me you know, it just comes to you yeah 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 something like that yeah it, I mean, yeah, I think maybe, like, maybe there is something to be said about, like, art that, like, okay, so, like, um, I don't want to use, like, Taylor Swift as an example, because, like, her latest record's actually really good, but, like, um... She's about to play a three-show yeah. monstrosity and shut the town down. I've actually never listened to a Taylor Swift album. The new one's pretty good, um, newer one. Okay. Um I don't feel bad, neither have I. <laughs> it's like, I just can't get myself to do it for <laughs> But, like, I think there's definitely, like, there's there's art that just exists to sell. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a shame, but yes. And I think there there's, like, there's an art form to that, though. Like, the industry there's hit. Art marketing. Yeah. It's like, ad, like advertising. Yeah. There's an art to advertising. And that's not necessarily, like, coming from some place. So maybe right. maybe the answer is it's everything. It's like, you can, you can channel these things. You can just make it up with your mind and there's yeah. not some external influence and then also like a combination of the two yeah well here's a question can you can you be an artist within but you're in like how where you grew up in your life environment or whatever like kept you from ever discovering it or from mm. ever letting it like you know like like uh, what's it called like nature versus nurture mm. like that kind of concept with your like with an artist yeah i i think um 
this this makes me think about um, like I'm, I'm a big believer in magic witchcraft um, and I think we're all we we all have that in us and it's like something you mean everybody does yeah mm-hmm we're all witches but some people what happens is there's some kind of traumatic incident it's usually related to trauma um, like an awakening but um, this can be induced by like mushrooms or acid or something like that too um, but I would I would count that in with trauma it's like controlled trauma that mm-hmm. you're inducing on yourself but there's usually some kind of like trigger that like awakens people and I think a, this happens to like a lot of I would consider like artists in that category where it's like um, that is magic um, I think the reason this is kind of a rant but the reason I, I think um, people nowadays put magic in this box of like exclusively fiction where it's like shooting fire out of your hands mm-hmm. or flying around like Disney you know yeah and it's like I think that is completely missing the point. It's like people don't believe in magic because it is right under your nose. Like this is magic. Like I'm like making a syllables. Doing magic tricks, which are parlor tricks, is an illusionist. He's not actually right. A right. You Slide just of hand like isn't magic. Being able to be in control of your own power. Yeah, I think magic's very, very um, mundane. Like what we're doing right. Like I'm just making these lip flaps. And somehow you guys are able to understand what I'm saying. Like, that's nuts. Well, that's nuts. It's sensory, because when you have an illusionist, it's what you see. Yeah. I mean, there's, there with is words, a level of, like, real magic to right. illusionists. And with words, it has to do with what you feel. And the amazing thing about that is, is it's, as King Buzzo put, pounded air patterns convey messages. And that's what everything is. It's a pat- pattern of pounded air. Which is why I'm such an advocate for free speech because the the fact that me shaping my mouth and vibrating my vocal cords can cause so much is, you know, kind of weak to me. Mm. You know, it, it makes me feel like the world's kind of weak if just this can really do so much. It really can, though. The world is kind of weak. Yeah, humankind is definitely weak so that's, that, that, and then and that puts you on the yeah on humankind the, sucks the dude angle. get good dude it puts you on the angle of saying is humankind weak or is my magic that powerful uh both <laughs> yeah it's um yeah i but that's like try to sil- silence me alice <laughs> <laughs> um but the, the reason i went on that is you were talking about like um like maybe there's a lot of artists i think this is where you're going is like there's a lot of artists that maybe just never, like it was in them, but they went a different path. And it's like the nature versus nurture yeah. part of it. It's probably a mix of both. Like um, there's there's something in you that like has to, like, but an event has to like trigger something. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, even, even like with my old uh, batch of players I used to play with and my new one, like, that is night and day for me. Like it opened up a whole new channel of like, like an access point within me or something where it's like, okay, like I have even more room to grow now, you know? And it's so like, if I didn't expand in that sense, like I wouldn't have found this part of me. Yeah. So like, what about songwriting 
duos or even bands that write together, how lucky it is that those people met each other. Yeah. Um, so to your initial question, are there artists just out there existing unactualized? Yes, for pure chance of like, maybe you didn't find the the variable that's going to get you to, to make this thing. Mm-hmm. But there's another version. There's one guy in my life who I would say is a savant. And he is capable of making the most beautiful things I've ever heard. And he just cannot get it together to finish it mm. and make it um, something for other people. And for the longest time, I tried to, like, help help him. Yeah. And it, that was my immaturity until I realized, like, maybe he's the truest of artists. Mm. Right. Where he's, like, this feral energy... And the goal of making a dope album is not even in his wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um... You're right. There are many, many, many musicians that look like that. Mm-hmm. Like, how many... They can play amazing yeah. stuff. I'll get them in a studio, and I can't get them to go through an entire song. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, literally, it's it's amazing players and then yeah. you're like okay roll tape and then they start to play and they're like yeah. oh check out this thing i just yeah i guess there's just you know yes yeah, so and many avenues just, so many types of artists there are yeah. when it comes to music there's music I, you know i talk about there's a musician and there's an instrument player you know and it's not saying that if you're an instrument player you don't know music but some people just don't really care about music and expanding music they just play their instrument hmm. and that's kind of can be brought in any any realm of art. There's some people that strictly do it for the money. You know, they sit, you know, and at one time in my life when I was much younger, I wrote songs to pay my rent to sell a curb records. Mm-hmm. Now, if you listen to my stuff that I put out, it's almost nothing like the stuff I wrote. But there's still me in there, you know? Yeah. So, you know, because my angle is different. I'm not going... What do I feel? I'm going, what do they want to hear? Yeah. You know, what is what would Taylor Swift say? Yeah. <laughs> Back to Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, do, do you guys believe in aliens? Uh, let me clarify, because there's definitely fucking aliens out there, right? Like, it's way too fucking infinite. But, like, <laughs> but do you think aliens have ever been here or are currently here? Or let me think about that. Um, what do you think? I I think I mean the answer I, I think it, what you said with it, it's like definitely I think that's it's a definitely a yes thing because the fact that we're trying to define the way that let's just make it really um, basic or whatever is like the way that we humans are trying to define the way that energy moves around the universe and saying like we're here and aliens have never been here let's say aliens are just energy like we are it's to say like they've never been because we can't prove that they have been or whatever so it's it it's it's a it's an egomaniac it's an ego only an egomaniac would think that like our perception of what we think is the world around us is the de facto the end of the line end of the story no way around it um fact 
And that's what mm. I have. I love science, and I, I, I wish I had more time to be a scientist and a musician or whatever. It's like two lifetimes worth of things I'm fascinated in, but when scientists put everything into a box that can be proven by, you know, the scientific theory or whatever, it's like, well, you're missing out on, well, the fact that you can't actually prove it. Like, yeah. Prove, if you can prove to me that there are no aliens, can you also, like, if you can prove that there aren't, can you also prove that there are? Like, you can mm. use the same process yeah. against itself, so. I think it's fair to say, like, who's to say that there are creatures on this planet, like, deep in the sea or even like bugs or some shit that aren't the aliens like we always think aliens are going to reflect us as humans like they're going to be some type of human-esque mm. form but i mean it would make in my mind make more sense that they would be more like a sea cucumber or something you know what i mean yeah there's like extraterrestrial theory, theory that mycelium and mushrooms themselves are not of this earth that makes more sense that makes more sense to me. They're fucking weird. They're not plants. They're not meat. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. different. The largest, the largest living organisms on the planet. And they clearly still, I mean, all life on this planet, like, they don't communicate with words, but still communicate. Mm. Like, even trees. Trees communicate yeah. with other trees via their root systems and, like, all this other shit. Like, amazing that you say that mycelium is found to actually regulate the forest with trees. They will take the nutrients and lock it from one that doesn't need it as much and send it to another one. Yeah. So mycelium has actually been proven to be smarter than humans. Yeah, so, I mean, that makes more sense to me because it's if such a human thing to do to be like, surely the aliens are going to look or kind of be just mm. like us, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, um, it might not be, like, there might be life out there that's not carbon-based at all, like, doesn't need doesn't maybe even alive in the way that we think of it. Mm. Well, you asked, like, I'm curious, you asked the question about aliens and your interest in, in your um, studies in magic. How does, how does, how do aliens fit into, if, what I understand of magic, which is very little, is mostly energy-based and, and harnessing energy and controlling it. How does that, how does that for you, for your understanding, how do aliens fit into that world? Are aliens just archangels that sit up somewhere on the in the tree of life or is it like how does that how does that work for you you're really good at this i know i was <laughs> like I'm you I'm might be on to something <laughs> yeah um so. no it's a great fucking question i um i i believe in interdimensional life and extraterrestrial life so like life from out in the physical universe uh but also life on other planes um i think like fringe or whatever that means. What was that? What was that TV show? I remember that. Fringe. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Parallel universes. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. what you mean? Or? Um, so like when I think of dimensions, um, actually Neil deGrasse Tyson has a uh, interesting thing about this where it's like, um, like we're three dimensional. So it's like um, a fourth dimension. I, I wouldn't think of it like a parallel universe, more like, another metric of space like uh so like if you have um neil deGrasse tyson talks about like if you have like a sheet of paper and you put rocks on it there's only a certain number of rocks you can put on it but if you start stacking them you can go infinitely up mm -hmm. so it's like um instead of three dimensions just another axis of 
of when I say space, I don't mean outer space, but like. Uh, so what happens in that dimension? This like, like I don't. How, how do you like? How do we exist in that dimension, or don't we? Uh, uh, mm -hmm. It's it's uh, it's hard to think about. That gets into the question of existence in general. Yeah, it it's it's weird, right? Because like, um, I'm gonna use an ant as an example, even though an ant actually is three dimensional. Mm. But it kind of like it's just looking straight ahead of itself. Everything is like on on a like one plane. Like I'm I'm sure ants can look up if they want, right? But it's like everything's just kind of flat to them. So like. If you were to, like, put your finger down on it, it's like, where the fuck did that come from? It's like, I, I actually don't know what another dimension would be like. Because, um, I mean, we're three-dimensional beings. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. But I, I think um, there might also be, like, parallel realities. Like, where, um, like, there's another version of us, um, like, just slightly different like infinitely um maybe maybe all of that maybe all of those things it's also the idea that your reality is the sum of your senses and mm -hmm. what we see is a spectrum of light which is a wave just like what we can hear which is a spectrum of sound and there's spectrums outside that we can't hear and there's spectrums outside of light we can't see so, you know, it's like when your cat's staring at something and you think it's hallucinating, it might just be seeing on a different frequency that we can't yeah. see. There could be shit flying around us all over the place. We just can't see it's there because we don't catch that frequency. Yeah. I love that concept of, I heard from some podcast that I listened to. Um, I hope it's true. I hope it's not just fake. But someone was saying that uh, bees move so, so much more quickly um, about the world and the way that their bodies move that they don't see us. If we were standing still, they wouldn't see us because we'd be mm. moving too slowly. Wow. Um, and so that kind of feels like, if we're talking about spirituality, it's like, uh, that kind of is like a good, for me, like a good uh, allegory to like God or mm. the universe or the, the higher power, if there is one. It's like we're too busy moving around. Pretty too. We're just moving too fast to actually see this giant thing that's standing in front of us. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like like quantum physics, where you. <laughs> I was talking about the other day, where if you're if you're part of it, you can't observe it. Mm. Yeah. And so by observing it, you have to be separated, and that's like you're saying. You know, the uh, the higher being or that other plane could be the observer, mm -hmm. and we cannot see the observer but the observer cannot be involved because then they won't be the observer. I think um, I'm of the opinion that we are all the same person, that all life, like what the, the thing inside of us, the soul, I guess, is identical. Like it all comes from the same place. So it's the same person, but then like... Um, like our biology and our experiences make us different. So like, I don't think there's anything intrinsically different about us except those things, except like physics, I guess. And is that is that the, is the physics what makes us hate each other and why racism and genocide exists because of the differences? I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't make yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. 
but we're we're all maybe that's another way that's all sorry that's all for cutting you off that's all because we don't have anything else to do we're not being chased by dinosaurs anymore no we're not uh yeah we you know we get depressed because well we don't have to run down elk mm-hmm. you know we get anxiety because we don't have real anxiety of tigers trying to eat us so we you know sit around and do this like talk about how life works right yeah and then you know maybe all this is a way to find common ground back to the where art comes from because whether your theory or not is correct it seems like we're all in agreement that one's experiences certainly shape uh Hmm. who they are and experiences could be information from the universe shaping how you make something from within so maybe both things are correct that like maybe it's not an active antenna maybe it's like a historical one where one's own history informs how they create things and if you sit the same person in front of excuse me if you sit different people in front of the same problem it'll get solved different ways yeah um it's like, um, I, th- I think, like, like if, if we imagine, like, um, like, like Neuralink, like, the um, AI learning stuff, like, integrating with that, I think we'll kind of, like, reach kind of, like, a hive mind, where it's, like, we are different, but then, like, you can, we all come back together. It's, like, like a wave coming in and out, but... Um, kind of like human centipede, more or less. <laughs> oh, no. I like this analogy. <laughs> oh no, that's funny. Less if if I get to choose. <laughs> well, do you get to choose? I, no, no, mm. you, you will be human centipede. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I think. Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, it's just a giant human centipede. Yeah. Oh, I think John Lennon said it best. I am he, as you are he as you are me and we are one and we are all together. That makes a lot of sense to me. Where it's like, um, there's See how they run like pigs from a gun. See (laughs) See how how they they fly. fly. (laughs) I'm crying. (laughs) Um, Sorry, that's just my favorite part. (laughs) It it made so much sense till I got to the, that part. (laughs) I love nonsensical shit. Nonsensical shit, like in a way makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. There's actually, that reminds me of another quote, uh, Lewis Carroll, the guy that wrote Alice in Wonderland, Alice, uh, he, uh, he said, take care of the sound and the sense takes care of itself. Basically, Mm. if it sounds good, it makes sense. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I think a lot of things make sense instinctively. And then the more we try to like dissect it and actually like put into words why something makes sense, it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. It's like the more you try to wrap your head around it, there's more questions. Yeah, and I think that's really, like, a fault of art, the language that we know. Because I think more often than we realize, we put our thoughts into the English language, and that is a hindrance. Because the English language really is not a good language for, like, expressing how we feel or, like, how we, like, the... 
think or like how we well, interact with each well, other. American English isn't really even English. American English is so many languages. I speak American. Well, yeah, like Chinese, for example, the characters, right. a lot of them are actually con just co like concepts mm. mashed together. Yeah. So to like to explain, I don't know, like to say lightning, it would be like, you know, like. I don't know. I don't actually know Chinese, but I have read this, and it would, you know, it would be like some poetic combination yes, like, of like. like a, a songwriter told me many. A songwriter friend of mine told me many years ago. She said that the Japanese have words that describe things like the sound of water hitting yeah. a leaf, and it's not saying the sound of water hitting yeah. a leaf. And right. It's not just any water hitting anything. Mm -hmm. It is a word that describes that specific thing, yeah. which is mm -hmm. why their alphabet, which isn't really an alphabet, is so vast. It's most Asian writing is like that. It's yeah. very it's still it's like very poetry symbolic. in a the language of the kanji, yeah. yeah. And the kanji is there's a lot of a lot of people in Asian countries that can speak but not write. Mm. Because the calligraphy is so vast and it's way easier just to understand tonally and speak than it is to actually take the time of learning the calligraphy and the different nuances yeah. of it. To master a language like that would take a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Segwaying that like language into music, I'm a big, I'm not like, like I know theory and all that stuff, but for me personally, it's not important. Like. I, I mean, I'm not a studio musician or anything like that, but like, I think a lot of people in the music industry, especially if it isn't their way to just make money, like they, they worry too much about the language. It's like, it's just sound, <laughs> like chill out. Like it's just, you're making noise. Like you're making sound, you're making rhythm. You're saying something like who gives a fuck if it's like G over D. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I understand that we have to speak language when we're like learning the songs and everything, but just it like as far as like adding intellect to something because you know like you don't you're afraid of like other musicians analyzing your chord structure and thinking that you suck. Like mm. maybe it depends on genre, but at least like in my the genre I'm in, like you just 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 make some noise and like if you love it go for it you know if like it feels good and just i don't know i went to music school so i have that whole thing i'm just like you guys give way too many shits about like all this like theory and everything yeah there's a there's a level of i mean real jazz it's not about and that goes back to ego it's not about did this person play the right thing yeah it's about Playing the wrong thing we, is more powerful. It's about sometimes. we're playing, mm -hmm. and what just happened. Yeah. And what am I gonna do? Yeah. You know, it's not about oh they did the wrong thing. You know. When you get into pop music and stuff like that, that truly is about how catchy. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter, especially nowadays. It doesn't matter if the song has meaning or not. I know. You know. Uh, Rudy Gomez let me hear a song earlier where it came on the, the system and he goes, listen to the song. He goes, this song is literally the dude just singing different 
lines, hook lines, from pop songs over the years. That's cool. And that's all it was, and it, and it made no sense to listen to it, but it sounded like a great pop song, and it was being played in the club, and it was popular. Yeah. yeah. But literally, that's all he was doing, and I started listening and going, yeah, wow. But you know what? Titles cannot be copywritten. Really? Nope. Can they be trademarked? Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can have okay. possession of words. Yeah, you can't. Okay. Combinations yeah. of words. A trademark right. truly is a mark. It is a. There's plagiarism mark. though. It's a logo. But that has so like you can't three trademark a word. X amount of words to like linked together. That's the letters itself. Yeah. Talk about language being convoluted. Law is super fucking convoluted. It's Such a purpose. weird thing. Yeah. It's on purpose. I'm sorry. I think I cut you off. Oh. <laughs> so what were we talking about? Oh, well, I think we're talking about copywriting, which is super boring. It is. I was thinking boring. about yeah. pop songs. Pop songs exist to, in my opinion, I'm just sort of like just thinking this through. Same All opinions are subjective except for mine. Yeah. <laughs> mine is fact. It's a very subjective idea that I'm having, but if a pop song is, is the goal of it is for as many people as possible to remember... Okay, this place and time, this person's name is associated with this song. And pop, you know, to be famous, you have to have things associated with you. Hmm. So, if you're if you're a map maker, and the goal is to say do follow this line to this destination, like wouldn't the most simple, <laughs> wouldn't the most simple line, wouldn't the best map be the one that's the most simple? Because yep. that gets you that that gets you to the that location. The most, without the if most it's updated, if it's not updated, you want more information. Right. So because you're like, is only shit, one avenue. not there anymore, but on the map, you know, it's like that thing's still here. So you. Well, it goes back that. to when I first became a quote-unquote songwriter, going from being a poet and a jazz musician to actually trying to write songs. Because I had tried to write songs before, but they'd be too complex. And the woman I was dating at the time was a songwriter, probably the best I know. And she said, stop trying to be so damn complicated. Just play three goddamn chords. You did Avril Lavigne? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, and, uh, that was her song, right? Simplicity. Uh, attract you, man. And, 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 and really, that right there, you know, same way with singing. Because I really wasn't a singer. And I just got told, shut up and sing. Hmm? You know, quit worrying about it. Yeah. Just fucking sing, you know. Yeah. Is that your point, Simplicity. Uh, uh, if the goal is to, if the simplicity, if the goal is to say, take this step to get to this point, like if you're drawing a map, simplicity wins because that you don't want to make a complex map that says you go here, you want to go here, but over here is this cool tree and over here is this cool rock. You're like, okay, you need to get to here. This is what you do. With pop music, I feel like it's the most direct, straight line, and most of the time. If you've listened to music, predictable and boring and formulaic, and eventually it stops becoming interesting, and you have to create new ways of saying the exact same thing over and over again, and then you run the risk of losing the art of the whole thing or whatever. If we're, if we're talking about that, not to say like I don't have any, I have no problem with pop music. I like get a good pop song, like the Bee Gees. Like, man, these guys could write a pop song like a motherfucker. Yeah, That's the thing is pop. Now it can be genre, but pop just means popular. Jimi Hendrix was pop. Yeah, yeah. The Doors was pop. Bee Gees was pop. 
Yeah. They're not now. I mean, yeah, yeah you know. Mozart and Bach are considered would be mm. would be pop because they yeah. are everyone will. They were a lot of people would recognize their movies. They, they were absolutely at their time. They were the popular. Thing. Still popular today, right? Yeah, and symphonies play what? So, like what you're saying now with the quickest, it's following a format. Yes, it's, it's almost like what is being sold already. How do I recreate that, just different enough, to get that funneled this way? I like your comparison with the map making because it's like. The efficiency of pop music is almost what makes it mundane. Yeah, it's like the, like, um, like that's what's cool about the the Seattle grunge era is like it's kind of like when I think about Nirvana, it's like kind of um, like it's not super clean, like it's kind of sloppy, mm -hmm. and it's like that's what makes it so cool is like there's flaw. In yeah. It. yeah, yeah, and I mean you couldn't have the alternative scene was. <laughs> Kind of a funny statement because basically it was doing with punk what punk refused to do and that was actually make a buck because it wasn't punk music but a lot of the people that couldn't handle punk couldn't stand it it was too much for them gravitated to that because it was like lightweight it was hmm. it and all the, all that shit nirvana Pearl Jam, all of them, pop, bam, like that. They're pop. Yeah. And that's one of the theories is why Cobain, if he did kill himself, is why he did it, because he didn't want to be a pop star. Yeah, he turned into something that didn't mm -hmm. want to be. None of those bands wanted to be pop stars. You mean when, uh, you mean when Courtney Love killed him, but, is what you, <laughs> but when, what you mean to say. <laughs> but when, <laughs> you know, they follow a line through a an executive's door to sign a contract. They're like, well, you got a three record deal with us. Your first album was great. Your second album doesn't sound anything like the first one. Go back. Mm. You don't really have the choice unless you're a band that refused to do that. Or like the Belmans did when they were on Atlantic. They asked Buzz, why did y'all sign to a major label? That's not y'all. So we basically followed a coke line through their front door. <laughs> and they put Houdini out and Stonerwich out. And I think those are the only two they put out on Atlantic. Then they put out Prick. They turned it in. And they were like, this is we're not putting this out. They were like, well, that's our record. So then they flipped the name over, Melvin's, and put it out on Boner. Hmm. Which pissed off Atlantic and it kicked them off the label. So then they were back on their own and then they started Ipecac. Damn. The more you know. It's all business. Prince, got, far, artist formerly known as Prince. That's why he did that. They owned his name. Oh, shit, really? Yep. So Damn. He said, if my Holy name, shit. If my name is a commodity to y'all. So you can't trademark words, but you can, <laughs> you can own write, a name. And if I write anything, it falls under me because that's who I am. Fuck. So how about I trademark myself as a symbol so y'all can't legally put it in anything? And so what the genius behind that is, is when MTV put a song up, he wasn't known as the artist formerly known as Prince, but there was no way to put who it was because that symbol was a symbol and you couldn't type it. <laughs> That's so fucking awesome. So they had to put the artist ah. formerly known as Prince. So he still could sell his shit, keep all his shit. And when they booted him, he... He's smart. Hey, I, would, I, would, I, would, 
I wouldn't doubt it if he was like into magic or something. I don't know how that guy, or what, yeah, his his being his ability to channel. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird when you get in being when musicians talk about other musicians like they're gods. It's weird, but I guess it's kind of like the prototypes. Like, how do you like? What was what was what was their secret? A lot of it, I think, gets overlooked because Prince was a phenomenal guitar player. Phenomenal guitar player. Yeah, he played all, all kinds of different stuff. But what gets overlooked, he was a composer. And that's the main thing is that when you're a composer, you don't necessarily have to be able to do all the parts the best. But he did uh, the time. All their stuff, Doors Down to Time. All their that was all Prince wrote all that. When he did their demos, every single part he cut in a demo himself. Background vocals, horn parts, everything. And when the band came in, he played it and said, This is what you play. <laughs> Kinda like a Fela. Exactly. Yeah. Solid band leader, solid composer. Gets solid players because he's a solid producer. And they're all professional, so they come in and they cut takes, and it sounds great. I uh, I have one more question for you guys. Um, when was the last time you cried? This is something I ask everyone, by the way. Uh, I'm not just, uh, I do this to everybody. Yeah. Um, I think a couple days ago, probably. I... <laughs> what? Nothing. I cry a lot. I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing at myself. I cry, yeah. I definitely did on Saturday. Um, what day is it? Thursday? Yeah, maybe it was a few days ago, maybe like three days ago. It's it's good to cry. I cried today. You did? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if... I mean, like, it doesn't mean you don't have feelings or anything if you don't cry, but like... Yeah. I... What makes me cry a lot is actually like... Uh, like stuff related to like compassion and like good shit. Yeah, like pieces of art. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I also could, you know, I cry. I just easily cry. Watch dude, watch a good movie. <laughs> you know. That's me. It's yeah. like um it's usually like a piece of art, like a movie or something or a song. It's like this like like it's like um life is like the real reason for that, mm -hmm. but then it releases with like um, I, I think that's healthy in the same way the art is, where it's you have to get that out of you. Kind of like we were talking about with, um, like the stress will kill you oh, if you yeah. just, or grief will kill you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's releasing energy. I mean, I hold, I, I crying for some reason is not getting rid of like all the knots developing in my mm. shoulders. Like <laughs> I, I hold a lot of stress, like in like right in this area. But, um, but yeah, it's. It's a real thing. I think it's it's healthy to have a good cry every once in a while. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like like you said, it's like um, it's not unhealthy. Like if you don't cry often either. Yeah. yeah. It's just like I think people have different ways of release. You know. Yeah, but I think it is important to release. Yeah. Somehow. In some way. I mean, a lot of people will, like run like for therapy. Yeah. You know, like exercise. I love running specifically because I hate it. I do if not like sense. running in any capacity. <laughs> I hate it, but then it's like, like the doing it anyway part 
I guess. Yeah, practicing self-discipline. Yeah, yeah. That is, yeah, that is, it always does. Like, I feel that way with cleaning. Like, I mm. hate cleaning my house. But when I do, I'm like, wow, like, I am so accomplished. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. You ever get into a, just a mode out of nowhere? It happens to me sometimes when I come home from work. It's like the wrong time, but you just start cleaning. Yeah, you, you just do it. start doing thing. And then the next thing you know, you're not even finished cleaning that thing. You saw something else, and then you're just running all over the house. Yeah. In everybody's shit. Just watch out. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't clean because I stress out and think about cleaning too much. But when I actually do clean, I didn't think about it. I just started doing it. You know what I mean? It's like you, you can't, at least for me, like the planning of cleaning keeps me from cleaning. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> but, like, if I don't plan on it at all and I just pick up a dish you know and then I like start then I clean the dishes three hours later <laughs> it's like you got the whole fucking house clean yeah I want to hear you answer this question when did you cry yeah us? you're not off the hook <laughs> well, I'm not I mean I, I look for look for reasons to cry I guess you I'm, do mm -hmm. a very emotional child and I, I like uh, I like movies that will move me yeah um, I like the best movies. The ones that make you laugh and cry, like yeah. very close together. It's oh kind of fucked god. up. Oh my god! Everything, everywhere, all at once. Dude, that one is so yeah, good. That's one of the best uh, I've seen in a while. Yeah, sure. that had me on a roller coaster, like ah, you know, like, and then the rock scene was so powerful to me. me. Oh fuck! I lost my yeah. shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. you laughed during that? Well, I laughed it too, is but funny, then but it's also after fucking... you've cried, I feel like. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that's a release. Like, like the, yeah. the first time that someone says something funny at a funeral after you've been crying for like an hour, it's the funniest You're like, thing. You're like, thank God. Yeah, yeah. can cut. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember which one, what was the last thing that got you? Like Just that? Like to cry or. Mm -hmm. I feel like you haven't cried in a while. You probably need to You don't know me. You don't know me. I just have this feeling. If you're in my band, you'd cry every rehearsal. Not on my fucking tempo. I'm still waiting. I mean, I could think of some... I could start crying now if you want me to. I could think of things, but... I don't know. I think... This is such garbage bullshit, but I... There was something, an idea, a musical idea that I was thinking about. Was that and bad? It, and it related to my mom. And she's still alive, so it's not like feeling nostalgic about her or whatever, but something that made me think about something she would like, and it made me emotional. Mm. So. Did you cry? Yeah. Oh. Fucking well, pussy. Well, you know. <laughs> 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 you, know you avoided saying cry. You said emotional, so I didn't know. Like, there's something there. I guess yeah. I guess I you, I didn't like, get up and break something like I, don't, I didn't make, it didn't make me mad. It made me so happy and emotional. Like, yeah. <laughs> I used to cry. I, I used to literally cry after every basketball game that I lost as a kid, and that was every basketball game. Well, mm -hmm. so being literally. frustrated makes you cry. Losing, not yeah. Being humiliated. Mm. I'm used to that. <laughs> they, no, yeah, like there's um, some growth when you try really hard and you don't get there. That's a fucking tough thing. Yeah, that was my yeah, that was my childhood. Learning that mm. that, that hard way, you know, stuff. But do you feel like a lot of us, as we grow up and have like humiliating or traumatic experiences, we avoid putting ourselves into situations where we will get too passionate about something? So if we do fail, it's going to be unbearable and like we'll cry. I think that's definitely like one uh, reaction it's to pretty it. Pretty standards, the yeah. Defense mechanism. Hmm. Like know. play it safe. It's yeah. The, you touch a hot stove once. 
I think, um, like, and after that, you're like, just looking at the stove iron makes you think about it. Yeah. Just looking at the iron of of a stove when it starts to glow makes you think about touching it that first time. It's (laughs) such a shame, though, especially, like, with creative type people who, like, they let fear keep them in this, like, safe zone. Hmm. Maybe art is the stove, though. Maybe that one feeling you got the first time you burnt yourself was like, ooh, I remember that. I want to get back to that again. Also, it depends on how you you push yourself personally. Because um, I, not always, but I will put myself through uncomfort, discomfort, in order to come out on the other side with something to understand. What you learned from that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, um, like, you know, something bad happens to you, like, closing off that kind of thing from happening again is definitely, like, a fair and, like, very human response. I'm kind of, like, an experience junkie. Like, I like doing new things. Like, I want to go skydiving. I want to do things. Because we only live once, and it's, like, I mean, maybe. Who fucking knows at all? Uh, but, like, uh... Well, in this dimension, you probably yeah. won't. <laughs> um, Taylor, when was the last time you cried? Uh, probably Friday, I'd say. Yeah. Was it, a, like, a, a thing? Like, a like something you were watching, or was it... Um, just to be brutally honest, the end of a very long relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um... And all the the fun stuff that comes with that, but <laughs> maybe it's kind of like a a micro version of uh, the laughter thing after all the sadness. Like the cry does make you feel better after it's out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Kind of like vomiting. When I you're was really just nauseous. about to say that. Yes. <laughs> Got that to. Is, yeah. Mm, yeah. You feel so much better after you feel it's so like, much better. But you don't want to do it. It's like, at least I don't, it's like hesitating to do that. And then once you do it, it's like, no, that was yeah, exactly what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm upset that I'm wasting food. Yeah, it's not efficient. Wait, wait a minute. No, no, I just, I went out to eat. I spent a lot of money on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neef, when was the last time you cried? Um, actually, probably when I was watching Barry Lydon. Yeah. It wasn't that heavy, though, but it was because I forgot... That movie, that's a phenomenal movie if you've never seen it. It's very long, but it's 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 humorous how Kubrick does humor. Yeah. But it is emotionally heavy, and I forgot about a major part in it. And as it came up, I was started to remember, oh, this happens. And then I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to be able to deal with this. And then it was it was one of those things where it wasn't like, when I'm listening to a song sometimes and it breaks me up, that doesn't bother me. Actually, I kind of enjoy that. This So when you say me. breaks you up, do you mean you when it makes you cry? Yeah. When it makes you emotional? Yeah. Well, a, cu- a couple <laughs> of tears rolling isn't really breaking up to me. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, and that's like the other night when I was watching that. You know, I got some tears rolling and I got a little felt, but I didn't really, you know, but it was I saw it coming. And it was a sad thing. Mm-hmm. So it was, it wasn't necessarily something I wanted to go through. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, damn, you know, even though it's a great film and it's a great part of the film and it was fine, but I didn't want to stop it. I almost wanted to stop it and be like, oh, I've been watching this for hours now. But I was like, you know what? No, 
I'm watching this, you know, and I couldn't stop watching it because it's such a good movie, you know. But it's uh, I don't want to talk about the part because if you haven't seen the movie, yeah, I. Yeah, After you told me about it, I, I um, Very Live found is, it. Um, it is a book that was written way, way back, and then Kubrick did a film. It's one of his most unknown films. Yeah. It's about three hours long, and it's shot by, I can't remember his name. He's the same guy that shot a couple other films of his. He shot 2001, Okay. that director. The cinematography in it is amazing, and it's a period piece. Mm. I think I've been oh, calling it shit. Barry Lyndon yeah, this whole right. time. I thought that's what it was, too. Is it Lyndon? Oh. Lyndon? I think it's I wasn't trying L-Y-N-D-O. to serve you. I thought it was yeah. Lyndon also. It could be Lyndon Lyndon. Um. Um, because, actually, that's not even his real name. Okay. Um, but that's the thing, is it's... It's shot so well, and... I read that... The costumes, not all the costumes are costumes. Oh, yeah, you were telling me that. The wardrobe lady actually went and found real Victorian-era stuff. Wow. Like, the soldiers are wearing, a lot of soldiers are wearing real, real stuff. Because it, and it's really one of the most beautifully filmed, you know. But it's long. And it's, you know, pretty heavy-duty. But yeah, that's the last time I think I cried. Because I've had a headache all fucking day. That's prevented me from it. <laughs> I wanted to cry. Get rid of this damn headache. But... I don't know, man. Well, Alice, we are reaching the end of our time. But you can catch Vera Bloom tomorrow night at the OG basement. Um, who Who is that with again? Uh, Violet Moons yeah. and Blackpool Mecca. Yeah, it's going to be a good fucking show. Yeah, it's my fun. That's the OG basement. Yeah, don't OG. go to Basement East. Underneath Grimey's, on the west side, 8th Avenue. Um, well, it used to be Grimey's. Does Morbid Orchid have anything so coming up? Um, yes. Uh, when? Oh, actually, I think I wrote it on my calendar. I got you. You're a freaking dude, man. Because eh. <laughs> you told me yesterday... It's in June, if that helps. Yes, it does. And I do care. I'm not trying to come off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I play a yeah. show. It's no big deal. Uh. In June, sometime, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of the band again? Uh, Morbid Orchid. Morbid Orchid. Oh, cool. They are Thanks. fucking awesome. Like that. Thank uh, you. June 7th is when you're playing. Word. <laughs> Where at? Um, have you heard of The Eye? The I? Yeah, it's a house venue. It's like E Y E, like an acronym, I guess. It's uh, not too far. Actually, I actually went I, I, when I played in a black metal band. I rehearsed over there. Oh, okay. Where is it? We over might... off sixty-five uh, Thompson Lane. Oh, no, 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 Barry no, Hill no, 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 no. Um, I messed up. Harding. Oh, okay. So Trousdale. Like where I escape. Sixty-five Harding Trousdale. I don't know what that is. That's right. It runs parallel with the interstate. We maybe this part gets cut out because the date keeps moving. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Nothing gets cut out because I do the editing. <laughs> Fuck. Or lack thereof. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone will play and it'll be good. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you have another show besides mm-hmm. that one? I thought, no. okay. No. 
Um, I don't have any shows coming up, Alice. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Neef, I didn't ask. No. Uh, <laughs> thank you both so much for being here. Yeah, this you. has been yeah, a lot of fun. fun. I really appreciate it. This was a good talk. I feel like I have like a million more questions. I'm like... Well, we'll have I mean, to have you back on. Yeah, episode two. <laughs> yeah. Next uh, release or something, maybe later yeah, sure, in the year or something like that. Cool. Alice, thank you for coming as well, and we'll see you next week.